Good morning. Good afternoon. It's afternoon somewhere. Um, I, I just want you all to know, because this is going to be important for you, that my day today has already been better than how my day started yesterday. Have you ever had those moments when you wake up, you're not sure what day it is, where you are, what you're supposed to be doing, and you are stone cold sober? I had one of those days yesterday morning, and what I woke up to was in the midst of a dream where I had not gotten myself prepared in time to be here to be able to preach. And so Glenna Manning had to step in at last minute and preach. And so I just want you all to know I'm just glad to be here Um, and that I am glad that I am prepared prepared, much more so than I was in my dream. We want to take just a moment and um, talk to you a little bit about our finances. I want to update you about our finances. We are, we're almost through July, but this is based on information we have through June of 2023. That would just be a month or so ago. We want to be transparent about what's going on, that as we entered into 2023, we knew there was a chance with inflation that it would be more challenging to keep doing ministries at the rate we were. In fact, the rate of doing ministry this time last year compared the cost this time last year compared to now is 14% more. We made 8% cuts as we entered into this year. Um, Our giving has been up a little bit, but it is not covering the deficit. We, at the end of June, had a deficit of $60,000. It's not that ministries aren't thriving. Our ministries are booming. It is amazing. As I said, giving is up a little bit. The cost of doing, as you know, the cost of living at this point is um, harder. There is inflation. So we have an inflation problem or challenge we're asking you to consider three options one is to consider contributing giving um, $25 a week this could be maybe your first time that you have ever given start with $25 a week as a way to do it Another option is if um, you have made a pledge to the church is consider giving 8% more, which would cover the 8% that we are in a deficit for. And also, thirdly, just begin praying about generosity. This isn't about money. It's, it's truly about Um, living a life that includes generosity and giving. I was thinking this morning on my morning walk about how each time that my husband and I have had a conversation about generosity and there's been that uncomfortableness, it has been when the numbers didn't add up and we just took a step, that it's been amazing what we have been witness to, that God is up to. We want you to know we're going to remain transparent. We are going to remain fiscally responsible. We have already begun. We did that when we cut the the budget by 8% entering into this year. And we are aware as a staff about what we need to do to be responsible in our spending. We are 
um, attempting to control cost as we can, and we will be diligent in prayerful stewardship of what it is that you all give and we receive and what God leads us to do. We believe, we are committed to the mission of God of sharing Christ, serving others, and growing in faith, and our vision to be the most welcoming, helpful, and courageous church possible. There are a couple of resources for you. One, you can give online at concordunited.org slash give. You can also reach out to Lori Hopper, our business manager at lhopper at concordunited.org. There is no slash on that. That was kind of a joke, but that's okay. Um, Because there are all these slashes I'm trying to remember today. But Lori would be more than happy to share the information with you um, about what's going on, uh, uh, actions that we have taken. We believe in the power of God. And God is alive and well. And we just need to be aware of what is going on. Let us go to God in prayer. Lord, our rock and our redeemer, we take that deep breath and we breathe you in. We give thanks to you that you are the God when it feels like we have plenty and when we think that we don't have enough, that your grace is sufficient. Lord, just move in us in ways that honor who you are. And for some of us, the conversation about finances is is hard. For some of us, there's guilt and there's shame. For others of us, it's, it's a misunderstanding. And for some of us, we hear you calling us more to take that step of faith through generosity. Lord, just move through us, speak to us, speak to me, through me, and despite of me, in your holy name, amen. So we've been in a series about being surprised by God, and I've said this before, heard it in the 10 o'clock group, that it is fascinating that we are surprised by God because he's God. God is is big and awesome, and he's always present, and he's all-knowing, and he's all of these things, and yet we are continually surprised by him. We've been surprised over the summer as we focused on his love and his generosity, on his presence. Last week, we talked about how God is always present, and this week, we focus on the power of God in our weakness. Our scripture reading, and I just want to remind you that we have a Bible reading plan that goes along with what our, our focus is, not only on Sunday mornings, but within some of our groups use this as their focus. Our Bible reading plan, our new Bible reading plan, is available online at concordunited.org slash Bible. You see, I told you I'm remembering these things. Slash Bible. It is the one that will start on August 7th, and it's our focus on prayer. You can get that online, or we have hard copies at the Information Center that you can get them there. 
one of the groups that's been studying scripture over the last several months, we've been using a technique called inductive Bible study. It's a way that we go to scripture. And this summer, we've been reading Paul's readings, including Galatians and First and Second Thessalonians. Today, our scripture reading comes from Second Corinthians, the twelfth chapter, and in it we see this theme that we see in Galatians and First and Second Thessalonians in Paul's writings that sometimes we forget about when we read scripture. We come at it from this perspective of Christianity has been around over two thousand years. But Paul was writing to churches that it was new. And what they were doing was radical. And so there were some false teachings that were going on. And Paul would write to the churches to let them know, hey, no, like really, this Jesus thing, stay true to it. And we see in 2 Corinthians 12 where he talks about the power of God being made perfect in our weakness, and you're like, how? Hang on. That's what we're going to focus on. So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 12, starting with the sixth verse. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecution and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I don't know about you all. But I'm not bombarded by messages of being weak. That being weak is a good thing. Come on, be weak. Okay, I'm not the only one. That's good. No, we are told to be strong and we are to make our own way. And Paul is radical in that he says that it is in our weaknesses that we are strong. Where I really learned about weaknesses is powerlessness is through my introduction and interaction with the 12 steps. They are spiritual practices that just aren't for those lucky ones of us who have found them through the recovery community. At the root of what steps one and two say are this, that we are powerless and that God is powerful. Step one says this, we admitted that we are powerless over, in this case, alcohol. I just want you to think about what is the weakness or weaknesses in your life and that our lives have become unmanageable. At the core of this is this, I can't, we can't. Think about those things in our lives that we try to fix and we try to control, we try to manipulate that we wouldn't call it that. 
those things in our lives where we try with every bit of us to control, to exert our power in what we realize is we are incapable because we're not God. We are powerless. And our lives are in chaos as we try to exert our power. But there is really good news. God is all powerful. Step one is I can't. Step two is God can. You see, it doesn't end with our powerlessness. That's just the beginning. God's power is the next step. That we believe our God is powerful. It is core to what we believe about God. It's part of God's nature. That God is all powerful. I can't. We can't. We're powerless. God can. God does. He is all-powerful. That is at the core of God's power is that we can't. I read in, in my preparation for this a description of our weaknesses as perspective keepers. Think about those areas in your own life. Those weaknesses, Paul described them as the thorn in his flesh. Trust me, generations upon generations of scholars have attempted to determine what the thorn in Paul's flesh was. Maybe it was a physical ailment. There are those of us here, here, who have physical ailments that are the thorns in our side. Maybe it was a mental or emotional challenge. Could have been. And that's the case for some of us as well. It could have been opposition that Paul was dealing with as he spread the good news of Jesus Christ. It could have been. Sometimes we find ourselves focusing so much that we want the answer of what his thorn was that we miss the point of what he said. That are within those things in our lives that are weaknesses. It gives us perspective. Kind of like, I thought I was a great parent until I had my own child. That gave me perspective. Like, how, like, what do I do? Maybe you thought a good marriage, you had that nailed down, and then the, the rug was pulled out in your marriage, and you're like, Oh, I've got perspective now. Maybe you've been healthy most of your life. And then you get that diagnosis. Or your loved one does. And it changes your lives forever. Those are perspective keepers. Paul tells us that God says to him, as he's pleading to God to remove the thorn, that God says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Let's be, let's, let's be clear. Perfect in that case is not what we think of perfect. It means it is complete. That in our weaknesses, God's power is made perfect. In preparing for the sermon, I came across a quote from President Abraham Lincoln. And I actually double and triple checked the resource to make sure it was true. 
Because just because you see it online doesn't make it true, in case you were wondering. So I double-checked, and this is what Abraham Lincoln said in March of 1863. He said, intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us. God's grace is enough. No matter what you've done or not done, said or not said, no matter what the thorn in your side is, no matter what our weakness is, God's grace is sufficient. And in our weaknesses, God's power is made complete. That in our powerlessness, that God's power comes in. And it's made complete through him. Do you need to hear about God's grace this morning? Do you need to be reminded how loved you are by God? That in the midst of our weaknesses, that God is powerful. Do you need to hear that this morning? Do you need to be reminded of it? You see, the thing is, is that one of the greatest examples of, our, of weakness and God's power is in the cross and the empty tomb. That God came to be with us through Jesus Christ. That lived and worked and taught and healed and walked. Was arrested. Tried unfairly was mocked, tortured, and executed. He hung on the cross, and they said, why doesn't he save himself? Because if he was the king of the Jews, right, if he had all the power, surely he could get himself off the cross. And he was seen in weakness. But what we know is that that was God's power. God's amazing grace and unconditional love stepping in on our behalf. And the tomb was empty on the third day. It was death and resurrection. It was God's power overcoming death through Jesus Christ. That is our truth too. So that in the midst of those weaknesses in our life, that we can claim the truth of God's power in our lives through the cross in the empty tomb through Jesus Christ. There's a word that Paul uses in 2 Corinthians, and in my research, I was like, come on, Paul. I'm hoping this isn't what you really meant. I don't know if y'all ever have those experiences with Scripture. But as I researched, it kept coming back. This is what Paul meant. And I spent time with it, and it began to make sense. He also uses a word in 2 Thessalonians as well. It's the word boast. 
Paul talks about boasting, and I'm like, but Paul, I thought we're not supposed to be prideful. What are you talking about? But what he says is that we can boast about how God's power has been made perfect in our weaknesses, that we give God the glory. In April of 2020, yes, that April, as everything was shut down and it was in the early weeks of the pandemic, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Let's just say it was a surreal experience. And to be honest, I'm kind of tired of talking about being a cancer survivor. I just want to be able to live. And yet, it is within the story or the part of my story that includes cancer, that I have seen the power of God in that weakness. Not to tell you that the journey was easy. Oh, no. Just days after I had found out I was diagnosed, remember we're in the midst of a pandemic. So instead of being able to tell people face to face, I began to make calls to let folks know before we went with a public announcement about my diagnosis, treatment. Initially, we were hoping I was going to be out of being able to serve for a couple of weeks. It ended up being 14 months. And one of the phone calls I made was to Pastor Glenna Manning, who was pastor of discipleship here at Concord since retired. Glenna has been a mentor of mine and continues to be, and Glenna was one of the people that I called, and I called and told Glenna I'd been diagnosed with cancer. And one of the first things she said to me after she asked if I was joking, um, see, even us pastors don't always have the first, um, we've laughed about that, but what she told me was she said, I've got to get you connected with this lady from Concord who had stood on this platform just a couple of months before my diagnosis. And she had told her story about cancer and about what God had done and continued to do in her life. And Stephanie Dunn is that person who shared about God's power in her life. And because she did that, I got to watch this video. Because this church records and has that information, I wept over someone telling my story and that I was not alone in my weakness. And Stephanie and her family began to walk with me in my family. Showing up days before I started chemo with this basket with things where I'm like, what is that? Well, in a couple of weeks after starting chemo, I understood why there were certain things in that basket. There's also a note from Stephanie, a note from her husband, Taman. Her talking to me about the scriptures she, she leaned into. And she never told me it was going to be easy. She told me it was going to be hard. And that I would make it. And that God would be with me. 
when we get the opportunity to share about how God's power has surprised us in the midst of our weaknesses, we begin to see how God's power is made complete in our weaknesses, that we are powerless and that God is all-powerful, that we gain perspective in our weaknesses that God's grace is sufficient and his power is made complete in our weaknesses and that the cross and the empty tomb are the best example and that we are called to share about our weaknesses and God's power in the midst of our weaknesses because it helps us and it helps others. And we spread the good news of Jesus Christ, each and every one of us. God's power, it surprises us in the midst of our weaknesses. And it is worthy of us being aware of and seeking to share that good news. Let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, there are these weaknesses in our lives, these thorns in our flesh that we wish weren't so. And we hear Paul's words speak into our lives that through your power, that our weaknesses aren't the story, that you are the story. That through the cross and the empty tomb, through your amazing grace and unconditional love, we get to share the good news of you. Lord, make it clear as we leave here that you have been with us and that you go with us. May we go with that assurance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.